right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here, TC here in the Kill House has angered a lot of people this week, and he's here to address it. I'm sure apologize for that. No, hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of people have reached out in support, apologizing to me. Uh, people from Dallas, especially, uh, saying, you know, this, these these ignorant people that are coming after you, they're not, they don't represent us, TC. Big Randy is calling in from Denver. Hello, Mr. Big. Hey guys tough day on a couple levels today we can get into but um it's nice to be with you feeling a little feisty today tc i hope we pick some fights love to oh gosh i'm super nervous we do have a bleep button ready to go for tonight this weekend it was callaway players like madeline sagstrom making a ton of birdies kh lee carving a rogue st fairway wood into the 18th and the team at callaway look forward to seeing more of the same at southern hills this coming week in addition to rom xander sam burns and a ton a ton of other guys callaway will be represented by three pga professionals who earned their spot in the year's second major with strong finishes in the pga professional championship a few weeks ago those pga professionals are paul dixon Colin Inglis and Kyle Mendoza. Paul Dixon is from Atlantic Golf Club in Bridgehampton, New York. Colin Inglis represents Shadow Hills Country Club in Junction City, Oregon. And Kyle Mendoza is from the Farms Golf Club in Rancho Santa Fe, California, not too far from Callaway headquarters. Fun fact, the rumor has it that the idea for Callaway's Heavenwood was inspired by one of the holes at the Farms. Really? So I bet you didn't know that. Huge, if true. I did not know that. So, in any case, the team at Callaway is, is proud of Paul, Colin, and Kyle and look forward to watching them tee it up this week at Southern Hills. Congratulations and good luck to those three. Uh, also, we're going to be giving away a Callaway staff bag uh, through our live show uh, in some capacity later this week. So, please do tune in. We had a lot of get stuff to give away on our live shows this week. So, please do tune in as we approach Major Championship Week. Was the farms, was that the place that the fake picture of Mickelson was taken? Wasn't that, that really is, that really was him. Oh, it really was him? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't tell. I, I, I don't know. The, the video you're talking about, the Yeti video of him? Yeah, the one with the beard and the yeah. calves and all that. I pr I'm 99% sure that was him. So we're that course. Stick to, stick to, let's stick to the PGA stick Tour to here. Sports. Let's don't go straight for Phil. We got plenty to talk about there on that front. Big Randy's heartbroken. He's not going to get to watch his hero at Southern Hills this week uh, defend his title. But we're going to save that because obviously the big story here, just coming fresh off it at the Byron Nelson Jordan Speed finishes second place. We got to start right there. He's back. He continues to be back. Come on, KH Lee wins Byron. Come on, you can't fall for that. He's big Tex. <laughs> We've got a new big Tex back to back at Craig Ranch, Craiger Ranch. Randy, what did you think of it this weekend? The course or their performance? All of the above. <laughs> it, lay it on me. <laughs> Great performance, KH. I was really impressed with you know he wiggled in some five to eight foot putts down the stretch uh it seemed like he came up with every shot when he needed to great win going back to back very cool i saw the justin race that nobody's ever been 25 under or better winning the the same tournament back to back years so cage lee makes history today that said i the the course was <laughs> awful i mean it's just <laughs> awful there, there's nothing outstanding about it the like what am I supposed to be watching? It, it just looks like the most boring, open. It just, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't know what any of the strategy was supposed to be. 
you know, just I guess you just got to make as many birdies as possible. Randy, I can't believe you don't like watching birdies and eagles, and that's just so fun, man. And you know, pars are relevant. I know. I I fell asleep down the down <laughs> like early in the back nine. I really did. It was. I I thought the whole thing was very boring. For as many big names as we had on the leaderboard, for being a relatively like close golf tournament, I, I just felt it all lacking, which is a shame. I will say, and I don't. This is uh, none of this. I'm going to agree with a lot of what you said, but none of this is to take away from what Lee has done here For the sure. last two years. Because honestly, this seems like a super hard tournament to do this twice at. This is not yeah. like a, a a tricky like horse for course kind of thing. Because honestly, anyone can play it. Any professional golfer can go out and shoot very low numbers out there. So like, if anything, this would be one of the hardest events imaginable to go back to back, shoot that low, and and beat a whole huge bunched up field like that in consecutive years i totally agree i think it's uh it would be very very tough to repeat that performance and because there's just so like there's there's no way to differentiate yourself there's certain courses that just fit certain guys eye and they elevate their game they get in a better headspace and play better but on a course that literally fits everyone's eye like that you have no advantage in that regard and man he was just super solid i remember watching this same thing last year was like at no point was i like oh man he's he's gonna really have to you know hold on tight to get this done like it felt like his golf tournament uh, after he eagled 12, he had a little, little uh, which I will, in, in defense of TPC uh, Craig or Ranch, 17th hole is kind of sweet. 17th hole was like one of the only holes that was like, all right, dude, hit a great shot, and you can make a birdie. And if you're off by a little bit, you're going to have to work hard for par. That's like one of the only holes out there that had that. And we saw it with Lee. His ball rolls back to the front, gets stuck at the rough. He takes a long time to build a stance up there in the bunker and chips up to like eight feet and drains the putt. And like that was the that was where he won the golf tournament. Is 17 supposed to be kind of like a poor man's TPC Scottsdale 17th? It reminds Especially me more of that shorter today. It reminds me more of the Detroit one. Is that 16, that part three? Honestly, guys, it reminded me of the postage stamp. <laughs> <laughs> no, an homage. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm not going to accept any slander of the 17th hole. That was about the only... Uh, it the was old, fine. It, to, to your point, like it was fine, right? I, I just found like the, the whole low. entire rest of that course, like what what's supposed to be attractive or appealing or interesting about that place? It, it just, it certainly didn't come through on TV. That's for sure. Can we address a, a great question we got from Morrison John T on Twitter was what is the difference between a setup like we saw this week and a normal tour setup where the scores are closer to par? Clearly TPC Craig Ranch was playing easy by pro standards, but it's not exactly a local Muni. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it just doesn't seem like there's anything going on T to green. Right, like you, they like you. You got to work with the, the, hole locations to to kind of manufacture some interest and stuff. It's Zoysia, which I think helps. Like it helps make it easier. Like you're not gonna have a bad lie out there. Uh, they're bent greens, right? I mean, that's Penner Zoysia green. Like they're good to putt on. They were extremely pure greens. But yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just such a weird deal because like you look at the overhead too, and you think, oh my god, there's this creek running through it. It should be like a cool course and. Just like uh, it's just like a fucking malpractice by Weisskopf. It uh, it was seventy two fifty today is what the yardage played, which is not long, but like for an amateur golf, like this is a, a kind of golf course that's like super easy for tour pros and wouldn't be that easy for your your average ten handicap if they go play those back tees. It's not like you know they're shooting low their low scores out there or you know comparative to their local course at the back tees. They're probably doing worse on this one, but for tour pros, one that's not long. Two, the ball absolutely flying out there. Three, the hazards and the obstacles just don't really even make sense for it. The 14th hole was a quote-unquote drivable four. It was really a par three because everyone was sending it. And I think there were 14 total balls 
out of like 476 that went in that water um, f- over the course of the entire week, which like a good risk reward hole for a professional golfer would have a lot more balls going into the water. Think 17 at TPC Scottsdale. There's 15 to 20 balls that go in on, on a you know every round uh, once before the cut goes you know before the cut's made on that hole every year. And you go to like the part, the next hole, the par three fifteenth. like there's another water hazard there that four golf balls went into the entire week. Like the hazards aren't there to impede the professionals at all. And how many times on the back nine alone today, did we see like Hideki and Spieth and KH Lee even hit drives that were like, they're pointing and they're like, ah, they're, they're grimacing. They're upset about it. And there's just no consequence. Like Nothing it. matters. There's no consequence. And that's the right. thing. Like yes. so many people were like, Oh, you know, these guys are so good. We just get to see them. Like, you know, hit good shots and show how good they are. Like, that's that's what I'm frustrated about. We don't get to see them show yeah. how good they are because, like, there's, there's there's just not a whole lot of challenge or variety or questions being asked here. And that's – ignore the par. It's not – I, I don't – 100%. You know, it's not even about relation to par. You could change one of the fives into a four easily. You could change two of them, and then the winning score goes down to 18 under. That does not make – that it doesn't mean that uh, you know there was good chance for separation on that golf course, or you know that there was good shot value, or that it was I- intriguing to watch. There's like a couple of interesting shots. The pin on 18 today was kind of interesting with the way that wind played, and it's like a par four for them. But still, it was like there was a little bit of intrigue there. But for the for the most part, that is about as nondescript. Like you have to. It just rem- if you disagree with this, just remember whatever you're thinking right now about the golf course, and then what we're about to see at Southern Hills. Like it's going to be pretty much polar opposite in terms of like what skills are tested. Yeah, and like I, you know, I just I can't tell you how many people replied with like you just don't like seeing low scores. I don't mind low scores at all, or if they change the par on this, like the, like Phoenix, Sony, Kapalua, all those places. I mean, Kapalua is par seventy three. Sony's a par seventy, or Sony's a par seventy. Phoenix is a par seventy one. Like. All those tournaments, I don't give a shit about the relation to par. I just want to see guys hit interesting golf shots and have some, you know, some downside risk to trying to pull off a shot, right? Yes. Instead of just all upside. I mean, it is every now and then kind of refreshing just to be like, like I guarantee people at home don't fully appreciate how good some of these guys are. And, and it is when you put a defenseless golf course in front of them, this is what it looks like. And every now and then it's a somewhat of a good reminder. It's just like, I don't need four days. <laughs> but that's why, like, that's why we have like the John Deere. Exactly. Right. Or courses like that. We're like, I don't need to watch six of the top 10 in the world play, play on this course. And like, it's not a, you know, like there's plenty of munis that are like Houston's a hell of a lot more interesting than yes. this. That's a muni. Oh yeah. Um, And they go super low on that, but there's interesting shots and there's interesting green features. And all that. I just, I don't know what, I don't know what Weisskopf was doing. He fucking mailed it in on this one, though. And this course has had a complicated recent history, right? And, you know, I think we kind of came to the conclusion after three years at Trinity Forest. Was it two or three at Trinity Forest? The pandemic messed up up one of the years. It was kind of like, you know what? They tried a course that kind of fits what we like to see professional golfers play. And a lot of things about Trinity didn't work for it. Like, no trees, no shade for 90 degree May heat in Dallas. Not great. Like, the sales for... Uh, the hospitality and all the money that they wanted to raise, the salesmanship wanted to raise for charities, not great at Trinity Forest. So it moves back to the north side at, you know, and, and becomes this a function of this. There is a price to pay for that, and that is the entertainment value on TV goes way down, in my humble opinion. I believe you guys would agree with that. But there, that's just like where it comes back to like, what is the PGA Tour and what is professional golf? The only thing I disagree with your tweet was like, you know, this is the opposite of what the tour espouses to be. I'm actually like, it kind of is exactly what it is because it's just a, it's just like a, a, a money funneling I- event going on, but really. even Phoenix, like you've got, yeah, like you can I do like it. I like yeah. Phoenix. You can you can do both. 
You can right? balance it. Yes, you can balance it a lot. That's better. that's what I don't understand. It's like this place is you know they used to host what second stage of Q school here, and you know it's just it's just a bummer that they have to have this tournament here where like four seasons sucked too at, at uh, Las Colinas, but at least like I don't know at least down the stretch I felt like there were some shots that guys had to pull off yeah. instead of just pinning their ears back and going at everything. I don't know. And it's like, it's not a slight on like the people of Dallas. Like the, <laughs> the fact that I don't like this golf course, or I think like this, this tournament is like lost its identity over the last eight years or whatever, 10 years or 15 years. Like, like that, that's not a slight on your city, right? It's just, it just means like, I don't need to watch five fucking tournaments on two or three of them are on dog shit courses in Texas. <laughs> it, it pro- I think you got retweeted into the Dallas ether and, oh, then, it, sure. and then it just like spirals from there. You, Plex, can't, man. You, you can't, you can't stop. I, it. God, I hope Sturm will have you on his show tomorrow to maybe <laughs> speak directly to the citizens. I felt like but that, that kid and that um, Mavs fan kid was, was just <laughs> all up in my mentions. I had, you know, Ricky 6969 69 and all, <laughs> you know, all sorts of dipshits, uh, Replying at me. Uh, too many tournaments in Texas. I will ride with you on that point uh, forever, TC. And I get it. Like, there's, you know, there's not that many courses anymore where you can host a PGA Tour event. Logistics are hard. Like, the Dallas Salesmanship Club raises a ton of money. Somebody got on me for associating this course with Dallas uh, yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, like, I'm sorry. I, you know, this is the Dallas event, and the Dallas Salesmanship Club runs the tournament. I, I apologize for associating this with Dallas. But... Like, it's crazy to me that there's not a, a PGA Tour event in Boston, Philadelphia, Chicago, the entire Pacific Northwest. It, it's wild. I thought about that a lot today, and I think it is uh, a point to make on that is that it's not uh, how the PGA Tour works is it's a bunch of individual tournaments. It's not like they sit down and are able to say, all right, this year we're going here and we're going here. Like, you need sponsors, you need golf courses, totally. you, you need a whole s- ecosystem around a tournament so it's not as easy of a snap of the thing I, I, I agree i'm agreeing with you here but just to say it's not as simple to say like there needs to be an event here like they've tried events in new york they've tried events in chicago they don't stick for some reason there is a reason i don't know what it is but also like thinking about this too and i i don't know this isn't talked about more and i had to like double check that this was true playing golf in uh states with no state income tax oh for sure that's like, a that's a thing huge deal like that's why there's so many events in florida but there's also you know how there's what three or four events in California. Correct. I so, too. you know, there's some, there's some of that going too, but like, I just feel like too, Dallas is it's just not a great time of the year in Dallas right now. Right. And I think we had the same convo last year and, and ultimately concluded like, it would be great if the Dallas Fort Worth stretch was in the fall, but in Texas you don't yeah. do weekends in the fall cause they are busy with football, of course. So. But, but I, I, like, I think this leads us back to some of the conundrum that the PGA tour is facing as well though. Right. Like it's ultimately it's a TV product. Right. And how would you, you know, go about fixing your TV product or making it more like you're going to go to more interesting venues. You're going to go to like more interesting backdrops. You're going to like all that. And it's, that's, that's what kills me. It's like, they're, they're biting their hand or I don't know, biting their nose to spite their face. Whatever that. (laughs) Biting off. They cut off their nose. In (laughs) fact, to spite their face. I also think there's a ton of people that just like, don't really care about the course and flip it on to see some drama at the end. They probably don't know how much the course can play into that drama, but I think they also, the tour, a certain amount of the schedule is banking on like, look, I know this venue sucks, but like, whatever, we're just going to go play it here because they paid us a bunch of money to do it. So I mean, even shit, even like move the tour championship around and like bring the tour championship to Dallas once every five years or like I just you know it's a big 
ecosystem with a shitload of corporate money and I get that, right? But like leverage it a little bit differently, I guess. I don't know. I'm beating a dead horse. I'm sorry. Randy, uh, are you excited about Spieth? Of course. Always excited about Spieth. How excited think, are you? I'm, I think, you know, he, he has to be among the favorites next week going into the PGA Championship. I, I, I saw the stat you posted. He's hitting it exceptionally well, tee to green, uh, missing some concerning putts. But uh, all in all, I, you know, I love having Spieth in the mix and near the top of tournament leaderboards. And I think that's a great thing for golf. And uh, I personally enjoy it. He's 20 to 1 right now, Randy. So he's about uh, Scheffler's 12 to 1, Rom's 12 to 1, Rory's 12 to 1, Morikawa and JT at 14 to 1, and then Speeth at, at 20 to 1. It feels like uh, I'm super intrigued by him for a top five. It feels like like making that, you know, six, eight footer that he needs to make to pull away or to go, go win one of these things or catch someone still feels like it's going to hit the low lip or it's not going to touch the hole. It's like so much of what he's got going is adding up to a really, really, really good week. But, like, do I see someone ready to take the bull by the horns and win it next week? Like, I, I hope I hope I'm really wrong. I think it's going to be a great week for him, and I, I struggle to see him winning. Is that is anybody on board with that? I, th- I think that's fair. You, I, you I doubting think... Spieth is, is <laughs> the least shocking thing here. It, that. Don't even get it. Don't even start it. Don't even forsaken him so many times. I've never left the island. I will talk to me tomorrow. I'll probably have a hundred nugget play on him to win it. Probably I'll talk myself into it by then. Augusta, you were you were you said he was unequivocally he was not back. Then he wins the following week at at Heritage, which was a asterisk. That was a a fluke win. This this was way more encouraging than the win at RBC. It seems like Southern Hills is going to be like. You got to hit your irons really, really well. Yep. It's bent greens, which I I have confidence on in him to putt better on bent greens than he did at, on Bermuda, for instance. Like you know earlier in the season on the Florida swing, I don't know. I'm I'm bullish, man. I'm buying. I I think the smart take and probably the likely take. I think on the flip side though, with how well he's hitting the ball, man. If if the putter just clicks for four days, he like he could be win by you know two, three, four shots, drawing it to the the Phil Mickelson parallel, right? There were times when Mickelson was like, man, he just misses those shorties that he has to have to win. But then he comes along and it's like, man, if he's making all those, forget about it. Like there's nobody's going to beat him. And so I'm holding out hope. I don't know if it'll be the case, but I'm hoping, you know, maybe everything clicks for Jordan's putter next week. And he could win by four shots. I mean, I will say it definitively. He is back. Like, I, I'm good with the, the pre-shot routine now. Seems it fits in. It flows a little better to me. He's hitting the shit out of the golf ball. Yeah. Like, he's driving it great. He's seventh in strokes getting off the tee this week. And I know it, it's hard to get, like, too attached to what happened this week with based on everything we said about TPC Craig James. But, like, a gr- really good sign is, like, he when the ball needs to go, like, 148 yards, it's going, like, 147 or 149 right now. And that's what I think this, this test is going to be. I think it's a good speed golf course. Southern Hills is going to be a, a second shot golf course. It's going to be about iron precision. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot more punishment for wayward um, iron shots. Like you're the ball's going to run away from you on short grass. It's going to be a bit of a chipping contest uh, in that regard. And that it's not going to be open up the blade of a 60 and, and hit a flop shot out of thick rough. That's just not how this course is going to play. And uh, so much of Southern Hills makes a lot of speed sense to me. Um, so I, I would be stunned if he's not in the hunt. It's amazing how many people hate speed. Like, I mean, we're going to get, 
a hundred replies on various mediums. All you guys do is just gargle these balls. Da 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 da. Like it's amazing how much vitriol there is, how polarizing he is <laughs> amongst like core golf fans. It's crazy. I'm amazed by it too because. I guess maybe for us that follow golf really religiously, like there is a difference in somebody that like jumps off the up the screen in terms of causing excitement in what you're watching, right? And that he, he does not he does not evoke that emotion from everyone. I wouldn't say I haven't really felt that emotion in either of the last two tournaments he's played. It, it just hasn't been that same kind of speed crazed run. It's just been like really solid golf. But man, that that dude, just go check the record of what he did before he turned 24. If you are newer to the game and don't fully understand it or maybe have forgotten what it was like to watch that guy pre-2018. It almost um, feels irrational, right? It's like irrational confidence or it's, he's, I've said this a hundred times, but he's, he's greater than the sum of his parts when yeah. he's clicking. And that's very, very rare for anybody. He's the kid, man. He's the kid. He get that five iron out of the thick shit, hit it close. I thought he was going to make eagle there on 12 and, and, uh, and flip this tournament on its head. But um, I was glad he didn't win. I think he's still back because he didn't win this tournament. Leave, leave him a little pissed off going into next week. And I'm, and I'm not sure if his, if his little guy's out of the protocol yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, heritage. his baby was getting nervous about having to run it on the green. I think saving some energy of the playoff and getting to Tulsa a little earlier was a smart move, of course. He did this 2016 Houston Open. I think he... Uh, he missed by a shot or something going into that Masters, and obviously bought a, a that is of course the infamous Masters, but was the best player in that field for sixty three holes uh, or so that week. The so seventy two hole tournament though, Solly. It's it's very true, but there is some precedent there. So, speaking of this upcoming week, it is major time in Tulsa. Golf second major of the year is this week from tee to green. Get in on all the action for all four rounds with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers who place any $5 wager on this weekend's tournament will get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. This year's championship in Tulsa will feature some of the best golfers in the world going toe-to-toe for their shot at raising the trophy and cashing in. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still drive for show, putt for dough with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Golf Contest. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes this week. How big? Over $10 million. It's easy to play. Just pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off on Thursday. Don't miss out on all the action this week at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use code NLU at sign up. Bet $5 on golf second major and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code NLU, only the DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem, see show notes for details. On the gambling front, did you think that it was a little disrespectful for KH Lee to be 100 to 1? Was he 101 this Defending week? Defending his title. He hasn't shown a whole lot of signs coming no. into this. And like I said in the beginning, like it wasn't like it, this was should necessarily be a horse for course in any way. So um, I'm, I'm guessing they didn't take too many tickets at 101. Also, very, very disrespectful this week. P plus 15,000. 150 to 1 at the PGA. What? Seriously? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's because he didn't get to walk around the course with the director of golf. I mean, who knows? The odds would have been off the board probably if he would have. That's insane. Lady J, if you're listening, <laughs> that offer is on the table. I will be at in Fort Worth for Colonial in a few weeks, and I will be in Boston for Brookline. If you'd like to grab a glass of Chardonnay <laughs> on me. Please, please. I mean, like... Uh, like that that account's getting more and more depraved as the weeks go along. But it's I'm almost kind of like numb to it. Like I tried to think about this today. Like what if Jordan Spieth 
accused Tiger of like, you know, getting what if that what if it was Jordan Speeth that did that? Like, well, that's not really fair. Like, he got to walk around with the director of golf. Like, imagine if anyone other than than Lady J did that. How ridiculous it would sound. But now it's just kind of like, eh, do you see what she did now? It's the best. <laughs> oh, God, I Sully, love it. Uh, Sully, I got a question for you. I got thousands upon thousands of people in my mentions on social media drawing attention to the fact that Cage Lee now has as many Byron Nelson wins as Tony Finau does career PGA Tour titles. And I'm just wondering what your response to that is. I, I I don't I don't know what my response is to it because it's like, you know, I feel like so much of my time now is figuring out how to translate messages to idiots. And, and I, I just don't know how to do it. I, I don't know what to say to you. I, I really don't. I, I, so that's that's really the only thing I have to say about it. I mean, it is it is factual, though. Factual. It, you can't argue it. It's factual. It, it's 100 percent truth. It's factual. Speaking of factual, we'll take just, that as a no comment. So no, thank you. Wait, wait. Every time you're going to do this, we must remind people, and I don't know why people aren't more upset about this. We had a bet for when Tony Finau would win. He won in August. You have not paid this off. You're not even hinted at I thought he had to win twice. No. He had yeah, to see, that's what I, no. I am so confused. I don't. And it's not. I remind you every week what bet. the bet was. You need to grow Faldo mutton chops, and you just ignore it every week. That's like asking me to grow a horn. I, I can't do it. I don't know what Shouldn't I'm have made the bet. Shouldn't have made the bet. There was a guy at the coffee shop today with thought of mutton chops. JT and Spieth have made their hair grow back. You can make your hair grow back, I'm sure, if you care about paying off this bet. I, I just, I, okay, all right. I, I'll, I'll talk to DJ. Do you want me to do the, the, the Finau chin strap beard this year at the NIT? Because that's if he doesn't win one this year, I promise to do that. But I'm obviously not going to pay that off if you're not going to pay yours off. Well, can we substitute something else in place of the Faldo mutton chops? Because I, I just I don't know how I can get there. Is It's the whole thing. You I should, think you should you, draw it. You should have to wear the... Like, can I just, like, totally shave one side of my face and leave the other, like, <laughs> a two-week beard or something? Can you like, do like the can, monkey, like the mustache, but it, it goes into the beard and that makes like a little spiral in it? I'll have to look. Okay. At that. I, I, I was thinking know. about what if we made him wear exclusively one of those black Nike hats that the Summer Hayes family and Finau wears <laughs> no, exclusively? We're getting to things that are way too <laughs> like the rest of the year that are not permanent enough. It needs to be. It okay. needs to be. It needs to be a little bit more permanent. But speaking of 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 problems at Southern Hills, Hideki, Hideki's going to be a problem this week. He's four thousand to one to win. I'm sure that's going to drop by by Monday. Four thousand to one. <laughs> that would be, Plus four thousand. That would be forty to provocative. one. I'm trying to use American odds here, TC. Plus four thousand, forty to one, whatever you want to call it. Seems again in much of the same way. It's a speedy course. It feels like a Hideki golf course where I don't think this is going to be a putting contest. Obviously, if you want to win a major championship, you need to make a lot of putts. He ran into a hot putter last year, or you know, last year at the Masters, and I think he's going to ball strike his way towards the top of that leaderboard and could very well have a good week on the greens. It could be one of those things where it's totally dependent upon which wave you're in. Could be. Because the forecast looks sick. Why don't we save <laughs> forecast for we're going to have a full <laughs> preview podcast uh, coming up. We're going to record it tomorrow. It'll be out Tuesday. And I, I don't just want to say when Tron says sick, I have no idea what he like what that uh, is is hinting it's at. It's spicy. It could be like yeah. windy. Yeah, it could be awesome. It could be like totally shit. It, it could be <laughs> no, anything. It's not like not really any precipitation. There's just a cold front that's supposed to move in between Friday and Saturday. Okay. And a lot of wind. Going to drop like 30 degrees. Bunch of wind each morning. It's gonna be good. Love nope, it. no precipitation. They should be in full control uh, of that golf course. But so all right, at at plus four thousand, you've got 
Brooks, Hideki, Matt Fitzpatrick. Like, that feels disrespectful to Hideki. Right? I would, For sure. I, I, that one was jumping out. I mean, I know there's some health concerns kind of coming off. You know, he, he played pretty in, pretty, uh, pretty hurt, I think, at, at the Masters, and we haven't really seen him uh, since then. And uh, to come out and play as well as he did this week, um, make some putts, you know, without having a ridiculous putting week uh, and almost run down. He, he, he made a double bogey yesterday on 17, and if he doesn't do that, he uh, has a very good chance of winning that golf tournament. Like, it feels like Cantlay's plus 2,200. Like, less than half the odds of yeah. Hideki. Yeah. That feels disrespectful. <laughs> so, just just note that. I, I agree. I, I think the whole thing with Hideki, Sally, is what you said. We, we just haven't we haven't seen him. Right. And this is a huge step for him, and I, I think it's an awesome step for next week. And, yeah, I would expect those odds to drop. His three-wood into 18 today was... Uh, uh, so good it was grotesque how soft that ball came down i believe like, it was a five it wood down the elevator shaft which it was down the, that's exactly what i was gonna say does yeah, he hit the best cool five shot. wood in the world i he's that's not the last not the first time this year he's hit a absolutely sick fairway wood into 18 to, and made eagle this this time it was to come up two shots short but uh he, he hits it like the you would he does <laughs> he really does he just floats it xander T5 this week, JT, T5. Um, does that change how you guys feel about either coming into this week? I couldn't yeah, believe no, I'm going to recuse myself from Xander. No, thank you. I, I mean, can't, I can't you, believe Xander didn't stick around, though. I mean, I thought for sure he was going to sneak into a playoff there. <laughs> he was 250 to 1 to win the tournament uh, when he was done. The, like, the lowest possible uh, winning score that was projected was 25 under, and he finished at 23. And they're like, oh, yeah, I bet he'll, I bet he'll stick around for a little bit. Why? He barely finished the top five. He was 50-50 to finish in the top five when he finished the tournament. It's, it's one of those weeks where, like, it. I get it. They're trying to build some drama, and they're kind of, like, you know, trying to build some intrigue. But it, it can wreck your brain trying to keep track of who's leading the tournament because it's just a race to a certain number more than it is kind of trying to beat the guy right next to you on the leaderboard. It can kind of wreck your brain, like, just trying to figure out Xander. Well, he was three over par through on Friday afternoon. Um, and then, so, well, yeah, he's playing – through five holes on his in round two, he was three over par for the tournament, and he played eight under for the remainder of that day, and then shot eight under, uh, seven under on, on Saturday, then shoots eleven under today. I mean, so. Randy, I gotta say, like Xander's got six wins. He's he's won each year. He hasn't won yet this year, but he's won each year since twenty seventeen. He has won this year technically the team event. I know that doesn't him count. And, him and Cantlay though are just. They they just they they got to do it for me in a in a in a major. I I don't know. I just don't trust them at all going into majors. I mean, good week for him. Take nothing away. Uh, played great today. But where are you seeing that he's won every year? By the way, because he didn't win. He won the Olympics in twenty twenty one. I won the OWGR. Gotcha. Gotcha. Table. That's so. my that's my guiding light. Gotcha. Because it because it includes you know European it can count tour a victories. lot of wins though. Yeah, it can count a lot of stuff that maybe shouldn't count, but. Um, Hero world challenge. I'm, I'm, I'm more. Nature. I I think the JT angle is is interesting, right? Tied for eight. That the Masters. Speaking of a guy that needs to, you know, build some some real major prowess and and good performances. It seemed like, you know, this is not my opinion, but it seemed like listening to the commentators, like he wasn't hitting it all that great this week, but obviously still found himself up there. A decent week for him, but. Yeah, if 
I, I don't know if he can if he can use this as a springboard to to refine and and really have his A game next week. I I love his chances, but on, I, I don't it's such a mystery. Randy on on uh, one of our many text threads, you equated uh, JT and Lexi. Yes, that. yeah. So I thought that was a very apt comparison. Interesting. Yeah, just you, you know we, we well we <laughs> had a lot of conversation going on with Lexi in the. Uh, in the Founders Cup this weekend, and how she's playing really well, and she just she's she can't win. She hasn't won in over three years. She's won one major, won eleven times on the LPGA Tour. Is consistently, consistently like one of the five to eight best players on that tour, but just not not breaking through as maybe her talent level would suggest she should. And one of our friends was trying to compare Lexi to Spieth and I thought that was a little misguided. I thought it was more JT. And then, you know, I, I think both can be polarizing to folks both on and off the golf course. So kind of malcontents, if you will. T- tying in that angle as well. But yeah, we'd love to talk more Founders Cup in, in just a bit. We can definitely do that. I don't know what to expect for JT this coming week. It feels like uh, he's played just like T8 golf for like a year now, like just been so good. All the numbers look fantastic yet he just has not had those peak weeks where, you know, and that just kind of comes with someone that, you know, in the last four years really has not rolled the golf ball as well as he did during that, you know, kind of early stretch of his career. And, uh, yeah, I just think you're going to rack up a lot of top tens and not a lot of wins when you you strike it really, really, really good and and don't roll it uh, exceptionally well. So I know I talked to him a little bit. He says he likes likes the golf course a lot, and you don't really hear a lot of guys say they hate the major championship golf course before they go see it. So – I'm not sure if that's worth anything, but uh, I think it is going to. It, it is just, it's going to be so different than what we just witnessed. So that's why I like, he could have won today by five, and I wouldn't feel any differently than I than I do, you know, him finishing T5 this week. So I saw Zalatoris was missing some shorties. That's fun. This week. That might, that means he's bad. That means he's about to get hot. When Zalatoris is, is missing shorties, you can cancel Christmas because that means he's, he's, he's putting for something that means something. Scheffler hate to see him kind of drop off the face of the earth and, and I mean it was a great run he had but yeah T15 I think at the Byron effectively the ends, course wasn't hard ends. enough for him <laughs> when, when everybody's making birdies his 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 advantage is wiped away right he shot 19 under this week it was a total afterthought it's hilarious god I'm ready to be hurt by Tommy Fleetwood again next week yeah. <laughs> we'll cover that. We'll cover that tomorrow with the pod. You're going to have to explain that one. But I thought uh, one thing where, that kind of hit me today was just the the polar opposite way that uh, CBS treats Byron Nelson versus the way NBC treats Arnold Palmer for the events and how they just don't need to spoon feed everything with you and beat you over the head with how amazing this tournament host is. And uh, it just like, I was like, oh yeah, the Byron, it's the Byron Nelson. They threw one picture up there of him today and you know, just instead of beating you over the head with it, I, I, I would, if I was one of those two guys, I would rather the tournament go like this one than the Arnold Palmer. Shred carefully, Sally. The Dallas, the Dallas sites are going to be all over you. What? It's a compliment. I'm saying like they don't like force feed all of this propaganda to you. I had a lot of Mr. Nelson references in my replies <laughs> this week. You showed a lack of respect to Mr. Nelson. I'm showing great respect. Oh, no, that, that's what I'm sticking up for, Mr. Nelson. This this tournament venue is unbecoming of Mr. Nelson. That's Amen. my whole argument. Moving on to the there's a lot of golf news this week. There was a lot. I don't know what was bigger, the PGA Tour denying releases for the first live event or P, or Phil Mickelson withdrawing from the PGA. I'm going to start with Phil though, um and the biggest Phil fan I know, Big Randy. 
Uh, were you mm. surprised that uh, the Phil is not going to be at Southern Hills this week? I was I was a little surprised. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was like flabbergasted. I think had he played, it was going to be a tough week for him just without the competitive reps and obviously, you know, having to face the media. And I, I don't have insight into why he withdrew, but I would guess it's a some combination of not wanting to be a media circus, probably not feeling like his game's in a good spot. Uh, didn't shock me. It's disappointing. I think that's the word that comes to mind most often for me. It's just a big disappointment. I'm disappointed in him. I'm disappointed for him. And it just sucks, I think, for golf in general because this was such an awesome, momentous, historic win for him last year that, I, yeah, I, I don't – honestly, like at this point, I don't even know what else to say. You know, it's like we just – at some point, we got to hear from him, Phil himself. Question. Shame on you, by the way, the media for canceling him. But yeah, what's your question? Took the words right <laughs> <out of my laughs> mouth. What do they do? There's a champions dinner. Yeah. What do they do? I mean, it's not like an Augusta champions dinner, though. I don't think the host, the the defending champ, like, oh, picks the okay. I don't think it is. I think all the champions get together for a dinner, but I don't think it's like so and so hosts. I could be wrong, but I feel like I never Let's hear see. about menus or anything like that. But. Um, I, I, I do want to read the, the statement that was released by the PGA of America. We have just been informed that Phil Mickelson has withdrawn from the PGA Championship. Phil is the defending champion and currently eligible to be a, P, uh, to be a PGA Life member, and we would have welcomed him to participate. We wish Phil and Amy the very best and look forward to his return to golf. Do you think that Amy mentioned is... A lot of people asking questions about that. I have no idea and anything that I would say would be total speculation, but I did find that weird that that was mentioned. Um, and, you know, in three sentences, they also cover off on like, hey, he's he's not suspended. Like, he has decided not to come. Like, by he is, us. By us. Uh, like, by he, is, he yeah. is welcomed. He would have been welcomed to participate, which yeah. is like, he is allowed to be here. Like, it is not like, oh, we told him not to come or anything like that. It maybe bother me more than it should. And maybe this is making me start to sound like a crotchety old media member, but like, Phil, I, I, I need a statement from you on that one. I need that to come from you. Not, not to send the PGA of America to go deal with the mentions and, and make the statement, like give us a reason why, or, you know, I wanted to get my game back in shape, but you know, I've been taking some time away and I, I'm not quite ready to come back and compete. I don't want to be a distraction, anything. Just give us something, be like, a big boy, give us some BS. I don't really care, but like I, I, I needed that to kind of come from him and not the PGA of America. I don't know if that matters. I, I agree. Okay. I need to hear from Phil. Just like, let's do a meet. Like, let's do a press conference at some point. Right. Like we got to face, bring out the blue face curtain, the question, which is yeah. he, is he pushing this off? The first, his return to golf is going to be at the first live event. Like, is he want the first media circus? He like, all right, you want to come? That's wild. You want to come ask me questions, motherfucker. <laughs> you better come to London. You better ask the Saudis for credentials. You better know somebody's going to be looking over your shoulder. They're going to know where you're staying tonight. And then you're going to ask me all these questions. Like you want to come ask me, come do it there. Is that is, is play. You got You got to come to the Centurion lounge, bitches. <laughs> Catch me outside. I wouldn't put it past him. I, I think anything's in play at this point. Um, I, I like if he thinks just doing press conferences that live golf events is like going to suffice in some way. I, I, I guess I would disagree with him, but yeah, who knows? I, I, I don't, I really don't know. It's, it's, I'm, I'm at a loss. I, I don't, and it's still like, I don't even have an opinion. I, I, I don't know. If you were guessing right now, and Joe Joe Kanepke asked us this question as well. Is it officially the end of the end for Phil playing golf anywhere but live? 
I mean, I think that depends on how the Riddler and company react to guys going over there and playing that. It sounds like they've kind of given an ultimatum of like, it's us or them. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. If I was to bet, I would say no. Like, I don't think, I don't think they're going to be able to get those bans or punishments in place in time. Like, if he goes in place in Cheerian, I don't think that the U.S. Open can say you can't play here, or, or he could file an injunction, or he. I was going to say there's going to be some sort of of restraint, you know, of order yeah. of that 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 opens it up while the litigation goes goes through you the, the think, pipeline. But uh, by the way, Colin Morikawa, Champions Dinner. Uh, he had Harding Park clam chowder or Cobb salad, mm. pan-seared cobia with lemon caper sauce, or fried chicken with uh, four cheese, creamy mac and cheese, and then platters of sliced porterhouse, Parmesan creamed spinach, roasted Brussels sprouts, mashed potatoes, and asparagus. I mean, it sounds like a freaking buffet. That sounds incredible, first of all. Second of all, so it does sound like the... the cha- like they don't really hype that at all, that the champion chooses a dinner. And or, he, or had a, he had a whole you know, menu and stuff. And he said, you know, this is a mixture of selections that I trust you will enjoy. Signed, Colin Morikawa. All right. So, so maybe I don't know what they're going to do. There's a vacuum of power. Who's going to step in and set the menu? I think that is the biggest question the right all, now. The should, all, what he should Ted, do. Ted Bishop back. I was going to say, <laughs> what he should do is whatever the finest delicacy that they enjoy at the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, that's what he should send in. Oh. Some Middle Eastern food. If, if he's if he's gonna play the villain, he needs to play the villain. He needs to go all the way. No, I think they should they should just have you know. I, I assume they've got some good barbecue in Tulsa. Just have a barbecue. That's what I was gonna say. I, I would say something involving a cow or a pig would be my guess. They should they should bring in. Did you see Bunky Perkins? He uh he had a he had a birthday party for his one year old this weekend. He had a mariachi band and, and he rented a llama. For it this week, they should they should just do the same setup that Bunky had. Uh, do you see the concessions prices? Yes. Oh, my, TC, I want to talk about that. Somebody should be thrown in jail for those concession prices. I guess it's allegedly disgusting. it's free food and non-alcoholic beverages when you're on site, but that doesn't give them license to just mm. charge eighteen or nineteen dollars for a drink. Crazy. But I saw on that board that the picture you posted, they Aquafina. had $6 Aquafinas. Yeah. <laughs> which that's that's a risky game to play in the in Oklahoma heat, which I don't think it's going to be too too hot in, in May, but uh, It's just crazy to me like the like that's that's obscene. That's egregious. It's gouging. It's horrible. Like you know it's, what, Randy, I know let's you're bring street pricing, street pricing to all entertainment venues. Seattle Airport, PDX, they got street pricing. This is like Newark, you know, EWR pricing. Yeah. It's it's gross. Hyperbole, it's gross. On the Live Golf front, the PGA Tour <laughs> announced. We got to save some stuff Which, for the preview pod, guys. No, honestly, on the Live Golf front, one of the biggest PR wins that Third Leg Greg and company could could have is doing like master's pricing. They could definitely go for a Very PR true. win <laughs> right about now. PGA Tour announced on, uh, was that? Tuesday night that, you know, the day had come, it was 30 days prior to the first live event players that had, you know, put in releases, uh, requests for releases to play in that event, uh, were due a response that on that 30th day deadline, uh, the tour announced that they will not be releasing any players, uh, from the PGA tour for the first live event. Um, they said in a statement, we have notified those who have applied that their request has been declined in accordance with the PGA tour tournament regulations 
As such, tour members are not authorized to participate in the Saudi Golf League's London event under our regulations. As a membership organization, we believe this decision is the is in the best interest of the PGA Tour and its players. Surprised? I am a little bit surprised. I thought that they were going to wait till the second event to throw down the hammer. I don't think this is going to hold up in court, but I'm glad we've we've stopped playing footsie. We've stopped beating around the bush. Like we finally have some action and now some lawsuits can start getting thrown around and we can get resolution on all of this, right? Yeah. Randy, surprised? No, I'm with TC. I, I guess I'm not really surprised. Of course, we'll see how all this plays out legally, but uh, definitely not surprised that the PGA Tour denied the releases. I Are don't, you surprised? I was surprised uh, that they denied. I And I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I said I thought that they would uh, allow players to play with pretty strong contingencies uh they would allow them for this first event the like, one outside like, hey, north america you, you gotta go play the canadian open 10 years in a row after this that's what they did with the saudi international this year yeah. it was like hey if you want to go play it like here's what you got to do on the back half thought they'd do the same i thought it would be like you can play one of these events one of the eight like you can play one and that is it we will not release you for any others um, I think that they were afraid of the precedent that would set, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Anything else is kind of speculation, but I found the language they used in that statement interesting, calling it the Saudi Golf League's London event instead of, you know, referring it to the Live Golf International Series, which I believe is what is technically known as. So which, calling it a league. And I, Norman had said earlier in the week or a few days prior, like called it a league instead of just calling it a series of events. Norman needs to right? shut the fuck up. Because like, like, yeah, it sounds like he... <laughs> He's got to be a lawyer's nightmare, right? Sean Bratches, the COO of Live Golf, in an interview had called it a league as well. And I think it seems like people on on the tour side are are kind of maybe sitting back and just waiting for – the lawyers are waiting for these references to leak out there. And there's a – got to be – and I know a lot of people are calling into question the tour's legal approach to this or how well it will hold up in court, but – uh, I will say on their end, like they're not making anyone available for comment. Like Jay spoke at the players and even then was not very talkative at all. I think there's a lot of reason reasoning behind that. I'm not a lawyer. I can't pretend to know how this is going to go. I know that there's the, the claim is that this is anti-competitive behavior for them. The tour does not strike me as ballsy enough to bluff their overall position. But what if that's their only move? It may be, right? It, it very well may be, but like Monahan will lose his, he'll be fired if this doesn't hold up in court, right? If you if you go out and say like, we're, like this is our stance, and then you get overturned, like you're you're out as commissioner. But I think that's I a think big he'll risk. be fired if he if he lets it go off with no, you know, without yeah. consequence either. Like it's True. kind of a lose lose either way. I think part of it we talked about it. Like a they need to move faster on some of the shit to counteract this as far as their product and their, but also I think it's like to the tour point it's it seemed like they made two unnecessary moves this week as well like I liked that they came out and said but it's like they couldn't resist throwing the needle in on the 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 initial statement when they said uh the statement to the players yeah the like, letter to like, the players you know you're free riding on all this shit that we do for you basically <laughs> I can I can I can read that in, yes in no in no you know it's, that was you're to not, summarize. You're it. not far off. It says Article Five. Uh, so the letter that was sent to players was: We've received and reviewed your request for a conflicting event release and media release to participate in the Live Golf Invitational London on June 9th through 12th, which is scheduled to be played as the same week as R- as the RBC Canadian Open. 
The commissioner has denied the release pursuant to Article 5, Section A3 of the PGA Tour Handbook and Tournament Regulations because granting such a release would significantly and unreasonably harm the PGA Tour and tour sponsors. For the same reasons, the commissioner does not approve a release for your media rights under Article 5, Section B. That's paragraph one. That all totally makes sense. Yes. Uh, paragraph two, the commissioner evaluates all release requests based on their individual circumstances. However, Article 5 of the regulations clearly states that, that tour members are not eligible to request or receive waivers for conflicting events held in North America. While releases have been granted in limited circumstances for one-off events outside of North America or for events uh, outside of North America on tours based exclusively outside of North America... The event for which you have requested a release in the is the first of an eight-event 2022 Live Golf Invitational Series season, and more than half of them will be held in the United States. In addition to the above, we simply cannot permit free riding on the investments made by the tour in establishing and promoting its members. Accordingly, your participation in the event is not authorized under the regulations. Signed by Kristen, Kristen Burgess, CC. <laughs> And may God have mercy on your soul. I wish they would have snuck that <laughs> in. We simply don't know what I can't. Has. I can't believe they use that language, but it also makes a ton of sense to say, like, we're doing all this promotion for you. We're putting on all these tournaments. Like, you cannot double dip here. Like, that's, that's part of the deal. You want to be a member here? That is what we have all agreed on as a tour. When you signed up to get your card here, you cannot double dip on all this promotion we're doing, and you're diluting this pool. I think some of it just comes back to, like, how they're incorporated, right? They're incorporated as a an association or a, or a 501c6 that basically a trade organization to represent these players and look out for their best interests. And I think if like, I, you know what, I'm not a fan of live golf or anything like that. But I'll, I'll, I'll stop you on that. Yes. And I think they are doing this in the best interest of, of all the players that are not filing to go play this. That is who they're trying to protect the most because the JT's Rory's Spieth's Kepka's all that, all the dudes that haven't flirted with it all they are going to be the ones that ultimately pay a price if totally. a bunch of people go leave because then all of a sudden the FedEx Cup and the TV contracts become under scrutiny for all the strength of field clause and the sponsors are not going to be in as, as big of a hurry to line up and pay big money for events that, you know, in a fractured golf world. And, uh, and I totally, yeah. like, that's the, that's the reality of it. But the other side of the reality is, like, these guys want to pump in two, three, four billion dollars to the to the golf you know, to the rank and file in professional golf. Like, like that seems like kind of a, you know, a big deal as well. It does. And I think the tour is very gladly to say like, you are welcome to go play it. We are not stopping you from going but to that's, go play it. But that's where it gets anti-competitive. Like if you want to go play it, you're just not going to be able to come back and, Correct. and all that. Like, and to me, that's where it's like, Hey, like I'm, you know, I, I hope the tour prevails or I hope that, you know, if anything, this is just going to force them to improve their product a little bit. I hope, but like I, I hope ultimately that the tour prevails. But my thinking is that like I'd, I'd actually like to see like like I don't think this is going to hold up in court. It just feels like an unenforceable contract. Which that that is where it's above my pay grade. I don't disagree yeah. with you, but I also think like there's a reason why this has stood up in PGA Tour rules and regulations for as long as it has. That would be my guess. I, I, I that's where it's like, you know, I, I don't I have no idea the legal grounds or any any standing to disagree with that at all. But it just feels like. I, it feels like they know a little something more about how this would all work out. Monaghan was just in D.C. this past week. Like, I don't know if it's a wink-wink of any kind of to say, like, you're going to be protected under this, this, or this. I don't know. But, yeah. I, but, like, that's that's where I get to is, like, the NBA and the NFL and Major League Baseball, like, they have to have antitrust exemptions, right? 
to allow them to basically do anti-competitive shit, right? And to my knowledge, the PGA Tour doesn't have one of those, and they're set up differently where they like they're not they're not owned by anyone. They're yeah. they're a player organization. The other thing I thought was interesting was that they they came out and basically said if you like if you as a college player or an amateur player if you go and play in one of these live golf events, like you are not eligible for our PGA Tour U, which felt like to me it's like yo like you guys are like waving the anti-competitive you know flag pretty pretty freaking loudly or you know wildly in the air on that that one felt a little bit unnecessary as well yeah i haven't really fully thought that one out but it feels it feels in line with the other decision right of like if you want to if you want to try to qualify through the tour if it was like you can't even come, come to q school I think that'd be different than like you are not eligible now for automatic qualification for the tour, which if you're not familiar, PGA tour universities, the, I, I don't know the ranking system, but the top five college players will get uh, exempt into the corn Ferry tour, not have to go to Q school through this qualification system. And they're saying, if you take an NIL deal as an amateur into the live golf, you will not qualify for the corn Ferry tour through PGA tour. U. is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Which just to me, feels like they're penalizing guys that aren't even members yet. Yeah. I, so one thing when you were reading that report that kind of struck me, and I don't, I don't, I haven't really thought much about this, but I'll, I'll toss it out is just the blanket denial of all the releases. Because from the wording of um, the response that the tour issued, you know, it's it harms what the the players and the sponsors or something. Uh, I'm I'm struggling to understand how Robert Garrigus going to play in a live golf event has any negative impact on the spectators, the sponsors, his fellow players. I, I would almost be curious, like it might actually they... improve the tournament in Canada. Exactly. Like if we're truly doing this case by case, I can, I can see, you know, rejecting some of the, the more star studded, you know, highly ranked guys. But when you get down to guys like Robert Garrigus, man, like go let them play. Like, what is that? And it's that's like a reverse death panel. I think they're yeah. they're kind of banking on and hoping for the Garrigus, the people that don't have a future on the PGA tour. I think the tour is fine getting rid of. Like go play. Robert Garrigus, go like But that's what gonna, I mean. Why wouldn't why wouldn't they give him a release? Because you can't you not can't, can't give him one and then treatment. not give Sergio one. Like if you lose Sergio, I think that's the but, highest name right now that would matter and uh, you can argue how much it really does matter but like crack, we're talking about this is just week one like you know if you release him and then all of a sudden xander wants an exemption into the second one and they say no to that one then like where's the line there i think it's super, way easier well, for them to be like you weren't you're not we're not signing off on anyone going but that is easier i agree with that but i i guess their their rationale given i think you could make an argument that giving a release to garrigus does not impact anything with the the canadian open or the sponsors or but again you can't players. give like it's in the bylaws or it's like it's it's a tenet of this 501c6 that you can't give preferential treatment to one member versus the other i think that like i'd be really curious to know how this interacts with their strength of field clause in the in the media rights deals because i think you know like i, I know there was a certain like you know world ranking or strength of field thing that had to kind of pass muster for the for the deal to keep going, right? That's so why the deal took a long time to get announced, reportedly, allegedly, that, you know, this was a clause that was put in after these league threats started popping up right around the time that they're signing these media deals, which, like, from the tour's perspective, is, like, the whole deal here, right? Like, this outside threat 
took their TV negotiations to like way past when they were supposed to, because all of a sudden it was like, well, wait a second here. What if like, I don't know what I'm buying here. And that is still under threat. Um, and just, uh, how this whole kind of system operates. And it, 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 it's kind of even week by week starting to click more and more for me in terms of like how this value is created is from the sum of its parts of all these tour players. And it's like, one plus one plus one, you know, add up all 200 players. It, it adds up to a thousand. Whereas if you split it and it's, it's a hundred on each side, it doesn't equal 500. It equals like 200. It's like a union. It's like union busting. I know right? that made, when, no, I know that made have, no sense. Yeah. When you got, you know, 20% of the union, not, you know, going back to work and not striking like that defeats the purpose exactly. of the strike. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know, man. It's like, it's going to be really interesting when they hold these events and, you know, first place is getting four million, and if it's Robert Garrigus and Jason Kokrak and Bubba playing against, you know, Jazz Jatanawand and a bunch of guys Alleged. on the Asian tour, and you know, guys that like don't have, and the other shoe to drop is what like what's the DP World Tour going to do? What's what's the Euro Tour going to do? Are they like do those guys have to get releases? Yes, they have the same. They have the same policy. What's the timeline on that? That's the I think that came out this week. Even I like, kind of got. I think was, DP rejected them all. Yeah, they're yeah. in the same. They're lockstep, which they have a lot shakier ground to stand on. I think having been, you know, previously, um, you a know, release play. Guys. Yeah, aligned with them. But Team Rose is not going to be happy about that. Before we get to to Greg Norman's response here, um, our friends at Rapsodo, Rapsodo.com slash NLU promo code NLU gives you a hundred dollars off a mobile launch monitor. These things are incredibly accurate. They get within two percent of units that cost twenty thousand dollars. The Rapsodo mobile launch monitor app automatically tracks your stats, stores video with shot tracer. It is helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances you hit each club. If you're working on speed training, this is extremely helpful. If you're putting new clubs in the bag, it's great information to figure out how far the new clubs are going. You can compare them to your old clubs. The Rapsodo mobile launch monitor provides immediate feedback and data and creates a better practice environment. The worst thing you can do on the range is just mindlessly hit balls. I'm super guilty of it. I catch myself hitting five of them. I'm like, no, no, get the rap soda out. Me too. You need to. (laughs) Randy's run the battery dead, uh, you know, completely dead. It can't even be recharged now. He uses it so much. He practices so much. But it's extremely portable. The case is about the size of a rangefinder. fits around the outside of your bag. You can use it indoor and outdoor. Rapsodo.com slash NLU. Promo code NLU for $100 off. I took Friday to the range a couple times this week. Actually, Friday and Saturday. Or no, Thursday and Saturday. And, uh. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna get, launch numbers. <laughs> I'm gonna get him on the reps. <laughs> He's carrying uh, 28 yards now. Oh, Solly, real quick yep. before we get into the Norman reaction and and go henceforth other places, I, I'm just curious what you guys think as far as personal opinion, not what you think's gonna happen. Like I think I've come to a spot where I think all these golfers should just be able to go play and kind of do whatever they want. And I'm curious if you guys feel differently. I'm kind of getting there where I think that the players that are the the ringleaders in this, like, fuck those guys. Um, you know, like, you guys go off, do your own thing. The guys that are kind of going to be like, hey, man, like, there's they put up this purse. Like, I didn't lobby for this, but I think I should be able to go play in this. Um, those guys I have a little bit less of a problem with. But I'm to the point where, like, I'm just tired of talking about it, and, like, I just want to see something happen one way for or sure. another. Right. I think that these players have made an agreement with this tour. Most of these players have gotten paid a lot of money by this tour and have a, they, they know the rules and regulations of said tour. 
and to try to have it both ways. I, I, I'm Randy. I totally agree. They should be able to go play, live golf if they want to go play it, and no one is doubting that. That's that's the whole crux of this. They're just saying you can't come back. You can't do both of these things. You got to choose one. It diminishes this entire tour. The whole purpose of us being an organization like we are, and you know, I'm saying this from the tour's perspective of like, you know, ha, you know. F- pooling all of this money, getting these sponsors, having all this 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 bunched up media marketing deal for all of this. It may not sound like much, but the organization of that is what is so critical to, you know, how they're able to trick these sponsors into spending so much damn money. And that all goes out the window the second you let anyone you could go do whatever they want. So well, I think the I, tour I, ceases I, to exist if they do that. I see that, but I think that's a problem with the tour and their business model I do rather than a, a problem with these players. I guess is that's where I'm, I'm getting more towards that end as well, Randy. Where, what, what is the problem with the business model? That they're reliant upon a draconian policy like this, where they essentially are, you know, limiting where independent contractors can, in all intents and purposes, go play golf. And you know, essentially, if, if you have to have everybody in the boat and have to have things just so to be able then to sell your product for the TV money and all of that, then I think you have serious holes in how you're going about putting this all together as the tour. I don't think it's going to go like these releases are going to go over all that well with a large percentage of the tour membership. I would say it's the minority that are upset. Oh, yeah. Now. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's like, you know. 80% or anything like that, but I think there's probably 30% of the guys out there that feel like they're not being represented by the the organization that they, you know, are like their own member-run organization, right? See, I would say that it's more percentage that are saying, yes, thank you for saying fuck you to these guys that are trying to have it both ways. And that's what they have ultimately decided to side with, right? I think if yeah. they had, it'd be a different scenario if Rory and JT wanted to go or like Spieth wanted to go, I think their, their policy may be different. Like they, they may be trying to salvage whatever is left, but they have a quorum, they have a majority that's like of, of the players they need. Like they're not, as of now, especially re- reigning DJ and Bryson back in, they're not really losing anyone that's going to hurt them that bad. Oh, I agree. I so, agree. Like I, listen, again, I think it's... Yeah. It's like their re- their reality, but their reality is based on what Randy's saying is you know something that is inherently anti-competitive or you know just based upon like rules and regs instead of like the product standing on its own, right? And my a, a million issues I have with the Saudi thing is also like. Who's to say that in two years the Saudis aren't going to be like, they're saying now, like, oh, we think you should be able to play wherever. Do you think in two years they're going to feel that way? Or do you think they're trying to lure people in and then all of a sudden they're going to say, like, no, no, you're either with us or you're not? Like, I, oh, I, I, yeah. They're making a deal with the devil on so many levels. Like, what was the thing that came out this week that uh, they have to wear team uniforms and they have to do all these services or something uh, on site? It's like, oh, oh, this money's not free? Like, oh, this may not be as, as amazing as they made it sound? Well, no that's way. The, that's the thing that kills me is like they're, you know, like these guys just naively trusting, of all people, Greg Norman. And, you know, like, like I, do I think the Saudis should have a, a seat at the, you know, or really any national government for that matter, whether it be the Saudis or the UK or, you know, the government of Brazil? I don't, I don't care who we're talking about here. It's like, I don't think that anybody should be, you know, have a major seat at the table controlling our sport. TC, but what about China? <laughs> 
You use an iPhone. I just, it's crazy to me though, like that, that, that Greg in some of his comments this week said like, oh, like we're not, we're not trying to, to, you know, get one over on the tour or like, like, you know, some of the rationalizations that he was making were absolutely outlandish. Can I go through them? Cause this might, this might take a while. First of all, his letter in reply, which was, came out very quickly after the releases were denied says sadly, first of all. Super disappointing follow-up to Surely You Jest. Like, he didn't even make a, an opening attempt here. But sadly, the PGA Tour seems intent on denying professional golfers their right to play golf unless it's exclusively in a PGA Tour tournament. This is particularly disappointing in light of the Tour's nonprofit status, where its mission is purportedly to promote the common interests of professional tournament golfers. Instead, the Tour is intent on perpetuating its illegal monop- monopoly of what should be a free and open market. The tour's action is anti-golfer, anti-fan, and anti-competitive. But no matter what obstacles the PGA Tour puts in our way, we will not be stopped. We will continue to give players options that promote the great game of golf globally. Just trying to grow it, baby. There were many questions uh, during a media day at Centurion Club uh, near St. Albans, where the first event of the series will take place, centered on sports washing. Uh, sorry, many of the questions centered on sports washing and human rights including the 2018 murder and dismemberment of Kish, uh, Jamal Khashoggi at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. Norman, the front man for the series, said, everybody has owned up to it, right? It has been spoken about from what I've read, going on what you guys reported. Take ownership no matter what it is. Look, we've all made mistakes, and you just want to learn from those mistakes and how you can correct them going forward. And Drew, Drew Maggery uh, uh, had tweeted out, it's like, I, I, you know, when I was a teenager, I chopped up somebody too, but I learned from it. That was the, that was the big key was that I learned from it. I don't want to get too far down the road of like, of talking about the, the human rights stuff on this one. Cause like, it's a, you know, it's fucking reprehensible and it's, it's really just it's not good. Norman trying to explain it. But yeah, amazing. yeah. It's just like yeah. the guy just can't, can't get up. can't say out of his own way. Norman was also asked how he felt when he heard about the execution of 81 men in Saudi Arabia on March 12th. I got a lot of messages, but quite honestly, I look forward. I don't look back. I don't look into the politics of things. I'm not going to get into the quagmire of whatever else happens in someone else's world. I heard about it and just kept moving on. But again, like that's one that I do, like we live in a country where we have capital punishment. Correct, but it eight, murdering 81 dissidents that for complicated reasons that were not necessarily crimes committed is, is, is different in that regard. And that explanation is comical because it's not in his world. It doesn't matter. Uh, Norman outlined a strategy for what happens next. He says, if you were a European tour member and came here without a release, the tour has a couple of options. They can find you, they can ban you for life or they can suspend you. It's going to be your choice. But if you decide to come here, we got your back. We'll defend you. We'll reimburse you and we'll represent you. If you want to go down uh, the legal route. And then also uh, the Q&A moved on to the topic of Saudi Arabia's treatment of the LGBTQ community. And Norman said, I'm not sure whether I even have any gay friends, to be honest with you. The guy just needs to stop talking. Just, I, I do not know how him having gay friends applies and to any of that. To the point about the human rights and, and Saudi society evolving and all that, like I do get so frustrated when people are like, yeah, but like, what about China or what about... What about the U.S.? It's like, yeah, at some point, like, shit matters, right? And, like, everything's relative. Does our government do bad shit? Yeah. Has our government done a lot of bad shit? Absolutely. But, like, 
I, I don't think it's quite at the level of what the Saudis are. And our, we're a golf podcast. Our government is not starting a rival golf league to rival the PGA Tour. Exactly. It's not the same thing. It's like the Chinese government doesn't own HSBC, and they're not putting on. Like, the Chinese government doesn't want the WGC and, there. Dude, I'm, PGA Tour should not be doing business with China, I don't think. Like, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. I'm not defending all decisions made by the PGA Tour. Like, I'm just looking at this one thing here that is just really, really, really not adding up. Um, Randy, so. go off. <laughs> Come on. No I, no, I don't want to go off. I mean, I, I would say more than HSBC, I think the PGA Tour China is ripe for, like, what are we doing there? Totally. If, totally. If, you know, if Didn't they end it? I think it's like, I think it's donezo. I don't know if it's over, over. I know the pandemic put a stop to it, and I don't know if it's over, over. Well, and the PGA Tour uh, China, like, they, that was them pushing that through ahead of the timeline as far as world ranking points and everything. Yeah, like that could screw That's going to bite them in the ass. It says it resumed in 2018, but who knows with, with COVID. W- with that said, listen, I think Norman is obviously sitting there as a pinata right now. It is very easy to take wax at him. Uh, I think people do that with glee just because of his hubris and his pride and his arrogance, and I totally understand that. Um, I don't feel bad for Greg Norman, but at the same time, you know, with, with some of the things TC was saying, it, it just has all become a little bit too, too much for me, too virtuous, um, a little bit, right? Like I look at like Brandel too this serious. Week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> but, but like, let's, let's like real talk, you know, in the wake of the Khashoggi burger, has anything changed with our government with our official relationship with Saudi Arabia have we as as a society our elected officials have we pushed uh in, in a coordinated effort to hold anybody truly responsible like not really so i i i hate i almost hate thinking this but it feels a little bit like theater at this point i i get where everybody's coming from but i and i think that just leaves me like Yo, man, if our if our government and our military is doing all this business with Saudi Arabia, like like I said, I think all these golfers should go be able to, to play in events sponsored by a Saudi Arabian golf league. Like, who are we to to tell them not to? That's that's their decision. And uh, more than anything, TC, what you said, I just want something to happen. I'm I, I'm getting very fatigued having to think and talk and. Um, constantly hear and read about all this stuff. Like, I let's get some definitive stuff happening. I think I, the product's gonna suck. Like, I that's think so too. To but also, if I can respond to that, Randy, like, what I I get super uninterested in the politics of situate like the U.S. government's relationship with Saudi Arabia and arms deals and oil trading. Like, I get super. Like I'm good. Like take it away. Like I, I think I know probably one percent of what I need to know about it, and like I'm totally disinterested in the rest of it. They're actually about to buy a bunch of weapons from China. Oh, wonderful. And, and and our our head of the CIA was over there this week. But it is trying to buddy back up to him. All of that is so just like it just beats me down. It like gives me no will to live. Like all of that mess, and I don't want to be there with golf. That's where I'm at. Like yeah. as a golf fan, I love the sport. I for the most part, love, love professional golf. Like, to watch this happen, like, to watch, it, it, you know, guys going and leaving to go do this campaigning and propaganda for this other government and it becoming a huge political thing. Like, it's not the media making this a political thing. Like, this is becoming one through the money that's being paid to these players. That's where I get super, like, 
Like, fuck this. I'm just going to like not want to pay attention to this sport anymore if this is what it turns into. And that's where I get, I don't, I, I would not consider like how I feel personally. I don't think that's what you're saying, you know, performative in any way. It's just like, dude, I, that is not going to be fun. None of that's going to be fun to follow, to talk about, to do anything in relation to. Sure. I, I don't begrudge you that. I think that's, that's totally almost rational, right? Like, you just there's so much bad news and bad shit that everybody's just bombarded with that makes total sense i think back to like the brandle point right this weekend they had the let saudi series on tv like i i just think some of the posturing and the uh, you know the the social media stuff i guess more than anything it just is it's it's just that it, to me it looks like man we are just really posturing here and I, I'm just a little tired of it to be honest with you. What's the ideal outcome here? Like in my mind, it's the fact it's that listen we get some cheap laughs out of the the live stuff like they're like you know they're it's gonna be on fucking YouTube. <laughs> they they gave away the rights in the UK. <laughs> Nobody will take them. So they're throwing it on YouTube. They're gonna set up. I guess there's a big bonus. $20 million bonus if you shoot 54, <laughs> which I think probably gives a window into how they're going to set up the golf courses. But then again, I got a couple of DMs this week about like from uh, out at Doral, they're stretching that place out to like 8,000 plus, adding new tee boxes here and there. There's a metaverse activation at the oh. Centurion one, Randy. That um, piqued my interest. But but I feel like the, you know, it's like I'm... I'm probably gonna I'm gonna buy tickets and go out to one of these this year because I'm I want to go. You're going to a live golf. Event? I will I will go to a live golf event this year because I want to fucking see it. I want to see. And like, I almost I almost wish the tour would uh, kind of just let it let it fail and let it get bamboozled without. You know, give these guys releases. Let them go play in it. Let them let them take the public backlash. I I I'm I'm curious why the tour it, didn't go that route. Is is like I think we. Think about it in the from our viewpoint at like as like hardcore golf fans, and you know ninety eight percent of the people in this country are not hardcore golf fans, and like none of them have any idea that any of this shit's going yeah. through. And they'll be like, "Oh, like what's what's live golf? Oh, cool. Phil Mickelson's playing over here. Cool. It's on. It's on this this channel. Cool. I'll, I'll flip it on. Right. You know, some of it like we got to view it through that lens a little bit where." Like we've been talking about this ad nauseum for the last eighteen months, two years, and they haven't even and been introduced to it. And that's where I'm at, though. Of like, man, the the PGA Tour as it stands now is like barely meeting for a lot of the weeks the minimum criteria needed for somebody like me to want to watch. Yeah. So diluting that more is like, well, what? Like, what? But I think that goes back to like that's that's what I'm so pissed about. That's the is issue. Like, yeah. That I want somebody to freaking push the tour like you guys got to get better man yes i agree that's like the fact you don't want to i know we all agree with that but (laughs) but i i almost am like i i would hate giving the tour this easy way out and being able for them to strong arm these guys to staying and essentially shutting down the live tour and then it's like man we want business as usual like let's just keep doing it where it's like no you guys got some like stuff you really should fix and think about over you know, a medium to long term, and they but haven't shown. I, any, I don't know if they will, and they haven't shown any willingness to do so. Like they've, they haven't come out with any new shit here, or like it's not any like the WGC stink. Everything that they throw against the wall to fix this, 
makes it even worse. Randy, can I send you some literature on the uh, Premier Golf League here? As you, uh, if you want to hold the tour, uh, challenge the tour yeah. a little bit on their structure, please. Although I do, I do sure. have problems with Andy and the Premier Golf League guys, like you know, getting up on their on their high horse and saying like they've copied our like this format is so good and they've copied this format. It's like no, like I think like largely like this format kind of stinks. There's flaws in the format. I think they're probably more peeved on the uh, the contacts and the uh, other structural things that they've copied yeah. more so than just like 54 holes and shotgun stars. Well, they've like they've totally watered down the whole team element of it and all yeah. that, which I which I think is inherently interesting if you really could, really could have been commit yeah. to it. Um, where like Greg's like, no, like we're just gonna draft teams every week and like <laughs> <Fuck> <laughs> <that>. <laughs> come on. Um, but but I, for the record, I'm for the PGL too, Solly. I my issue with them is I don't agree with their valuation and some of those tactics they've used. Brady but stands sure, for Allen let's yeah, let's let's let them operate too. I, I, I I'm totally with you in that. Like I'm I'm rooting for something to happen to where like the PGA Tours put themselves in this in this position. And like you guys have been so fucking complacent for so long, and you have such a bad product. And like, just get your shit together. That's what's like. People have been like, "Oh, you must be getting paid by the tour. Your tone on the tour has completely changed." <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, dude. I just don't let this like possibly get any worse than it has been, right? And it it can, and I think it would be in this divided system. But I think we've covered that. You ready to move on to uh, LPGA tour? Please, please, please. In the Aramco Lady Series, tell us about everything. <laughs> Who won that? No, by the way, I don't even want to know. We're paying no, zero attention to that. Who won, uh, Randy? I. I I will try to stall while I get the answer to that question. Uh, the, the founders cup was great. I thought, so I was a little bummed last year that they moved it from mountain Ridge, which is a sweet Donald yeah. Ross in New Jersey. But I was, I was happy with, um, upper Montclair country club. It's a tilling has also in New Jersey. It'll be there at least for the next couple of years and just look like a proper course. I think I'm, I'm a little curious listening to Madeline Sagstrom. Uh, I think it was after the first or second round, she was saying during the practice rounds, it was playing very difficult. I, I think it was stretched out. There was a bit of a different win that she mentioned. And she honestly thought like any score under par is going to be a great round. She thought the cut would be somewhere around like four over. And, you know, the, the first round starts, she went out and shot a 63. And we just had like crazy low scores. And I think they they chopped length off of it. I, I guess what I'm saying is it, it played played a little easy. And I'm not exactly sure why or, or why they you know went so far to air on that side of it because it sounds like byron nelson like they did yeah. the, the pga tour did the exact same thing and like it didn't have to be set up so easy. right they moved and it, it looks like just like a proper could be like a major championship type of course and, and i would love like i wish they would have let the course kind of be that course a little bit this week but great tournament i thought the leaderboard was exceptional uh minji lee after kind of a sleepy front nine today, um, captured a two-shot victory. She birdied 18. Uh, there was some drama. Lexi had a putt to get to 18 under on 18 that she missed, and then Minji made her birdie putt. So it was a two-shot final margin. Our girl Madeline, that that's what really just got me hot and bothered Torpedoed to start today. Your day. Yeah, she she caught a horrible lie in a greenside oh. bunker and then made a mess and made triple. Uh, she fought back valiantly. I thought, uh, yeah, even honestly, with the triple. I know if they played 27 holes today, I, I almost think she would have run down Minji, but, um, great tournament for her. 
great, worthy winner in, in Minji Lee, who's been playing exceptional golf uh, all year, finally gets a victory this season. And just was, um, you know, I, the final round was on CBS for a couple hours. There was live TV coverage, at least, throughout the, the week. It, it was just a really good tournament, I thought. I, I really enjoyed watching it this weekend. It's such a bummer when the LPGA has to go. They were playing twosomes yesterday, and they have to go play threesomes and tee off it. 9 30 or 10 a.m. to get into the cbs window because i guess nbc was nbc had usfl on today which i don't know if that's why it was on cb i know it was contracted well in advance that this would be a cbs week i just don't know why in particular because it was nbc it was golf channel crew doing the cbs and i guess i thought when uh we saw cbs on the calendar for the lpj that it would be like nance and the crew doing lpj events that's what year, i thought not been yeah. the case but, but it's just such a bummer when you know like they got a weather like, delay and push them to see madeline has to watch lexi put with a glove on all day and, <laughs> and you so know. lexi was the third oh. you know had they gone in pairings it would have been madeline and minji yeah. and lexi gets into the final group no i mean awesome week like let you know minji like she's been putting so badly this year and just she's so freaking good. Her ball striking out of this world. Madeline shot 63 first round. Um, a tieathetical, like great, great, like Angel Yin. Great to see her back up there. I know Angel like had not been doing anything of, right. of late for a while. Um, yes, awesome to see. And also Carlota Saganda, honestly, yeah. like not doing anything for she's a while. So slow. <laughs> she is the slow. I love her golf swing, though. I, I really like her game. And then Bianca played well. I don't know. Just a good, like, it was It was a great tournament to follow this week. I also I don't it. know how or why, but I believe Atia's last name is pronounced Titicum. Titicum. It finishes with an L, but I think it's pronounced with an M, and I, okay. I, I, I cannot figure that one out. Either I've heard that too. Either someone on TV right. is saying it wrong, yes. or uh, that is that is uh, the case for her. But. Anna Davis made it. Another made cut. For I'm, the, I'm for off. The amateur. I'm out. She took the bucket hat off. Now she, she had it on she today. It today. Oh, she did yeah, today. She had okay. it on today. Good. Okay, I'm back in. Uh, I will say, Randy, I don't want to give it too much credit as a tilling hast because this was where Robert Trent Jones Sr., the, the OG Robert Trent Jones, this is where he set up shop. This was like his home. and He, he okay. absolutely detonated this place back in the 50s. Is is I I forget is Robert Trent Jones is he a baddie or is he? Oh, he was like the original baddie. <laughs> okay, all right. He spawned a bunch of baddies underneath. Well, that's why, and I, I get him confused with uh, his his kid. Reese Reese Jones Inc. is is located <laughs> no less than like, or sorry, no more than like three miles away from from this golf okay. course. Uh, you know, and Robert Trent Jones Senior got his start with Works Project, you know, WPA grants during the Depression. And you know, parlayed a bunch of government money into into his golf course architecture business, which I know you love, Randy. Of course, I love that. I I think broadly speaking, too, what I like about this tournament is it's starting to find its its standing, like why it exists. I, I think it does a great job of you know honoring and drawing attention to the thirteen original founders, and I, I think it's a really good tournament for the women's game to have something like this. And I. It's when it came online a couple of years ago, and like I said, I love that it was at Mountain Ridge last year. But I do, I do think Upper Montclair is is a is a worthy home. To me, it feels like one of those events on the women's calendar that, you know, like a Riv or just one that I'm gonna like tune into, and it just stands above a little bit, elevated, if you will. Yeah, 
I guess is what I'm searching for. And the ladies are off next week, and then they head to Shadow Creek. Uh, for the match, for play. The match play. Yeah. yeah, Shadow Creek and then Pine Needles. Lexi's so. going to be a problem at Pine Needles. I, I think I think there's going to be a, com- a comeback story, a revenge story, U.S. Women's Open uh, for Lexi this year. I mean, she's hitting the shit out of the ball. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, she leads, you know, with the KPMG Insights. Uh, she leads in total shots gain on the LPGA. Crazy, crazy, crazy to me that she has not won on the LPGA in over three years. It, it just boggles my mind and Solly I don't know she might have forgotten how to win I, I think you know we'll, we'll see this year she may have but I feel like I feel like she just uh, uh, hesitant to get into this <laughs> victim of like a lot of the LPGA setups can be birdie fest of some kind and and you can get clipped by one or two people with hot weeks but major setups are just a little more challenging and more likely that uh, the pretenders will fall off a little more frequently and she's not a pretender when it comes to ball striking it's it's uh, it's it really really good. It's not pretty, and for a long time I've discounted her game I hate because watching it's, her play golf. it's not pretty. But <laughs> my God, does she stripe the golf ball? She does. She does. I, I think what worries me most about the majors though is just her scar tissue at this point. Correct. So she it, might it will be five, fascinating. She needs five putts on the 18th green. I, I'm confident <laughs> she can get it in four. I, I am. God, I, I'll say last this year uh, at at, uh, at uh, Olympic the Olympic club was was tough. Oh, oh. My God. I, I know, obviously, we sponsor Madeline. We love Madeline. We're in the bag for Madeline. We're on the bag, literally, for Madeline. Uh, but it's really cool to see her. I, I think she's elevated her game. Like, it feels like she's taking that next step. This is her second uh, top three in the last three weeks. I'm really excited for major season with Madeline the, the rest of the way this year as well. I, I God, it just... When she's clicking, it, it just looks so effortless for her. Uh, she pounds the shit out of her driver. I mean, she was driving it past Minji and Lexi all day. And just like that triple, like she just has to avoid that those one or two like big mistakes per per weekend. And I I really feel like a win or two is coming her way this year. And I, I really hope one of them might be in a major. Totally agree. I think, you know, I'm worried about Jin Young Ko. Terrible, terrible week this week. She's falling off, <laughs> off the course. T seventeen. What is what? What is wrong with her? Her and Scheffler both. They had their runs, but <laughs> it's over. It's back to back to Earth. Lucas Asso flashing some form. Lydia flashing some form. I'm I'm stoked for for this summer of of uh, you know LPGA golf. Randy, you're on the bag in a few weeks at the Colorado Open. Yeah, so I'm making my uh, my my official. Caddying debut. I'm, I'm going to caddy for Lauren Coughlin, who missed out. She's missing out on the U.S. Women's Open, but she's coming out to Colorado to play the Colorado Open here in Denver. So super, super excited to to carry her back. And she won it like five years ago. So hoping for win number two. I can't picture you caddying for Lauren. I can't picture <laughs> it. I'm excited to see it, but I cannot picture it. What's Randy's uh, caddy nickname? Stretch. Stretch? Yeah. And Stretch. Neil, Neil was yeah. creep. Because he had a creepy mustache going. <laughs> you guys caddied at the BMW Charity Pro on. Uh, anything else from this week? Sam Horsfield, horse mm. for course. One of my one of my European Ryder Cup stalwarts coming up, uh, along with Ludwig and that fourteen year old Ukrainian kid who made the cut on the European tour. <laughs> yes, TC. God, the Euros are getting so deep. I, you know, I, I, I think I'm starting to come around a little bit, you know, for a long time I was doubting it, but I have huge, huge hopes for Rome. I, and it's going to be bold. 
I think Europe is going to get to double digits points this time around. I think they will. So, Sally, when, when was the last time the U.S. won won a cup in? It was nineteen ninety three in Europe. Okay, so I just wanted to yeah. throw that out there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I I know a lot of people are doubting them, but I think they're going to get to double digits this time around. So I'm I'm on board with you, TC. Very 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 cool to see you set set the hubris aside, <laughs> like your boy third leg Greg. Can we talk about the Reds? <laughs> uh, well, one quick update: I've, I failed to give you your Aramco here in Bangkok this weekend on the ladies' European tour. That would be Belgian Manon de Roy is mm. is your winner at thirteen under, beating out Johanna Gustaf- Gustafson. Sounds like a Swede. And then Patty Tavitan get finished uh, in a tie for third. Okay, thanks for that. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's got no today. Or uh, excuse me, pitched a no hitter and lost the game one to nothing. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. A lot of good things, just a lot of good things going on. That's today. um, that's like truly amazing. Uh, whatever the cycle is, like the different ways that the Reds could lose a game this year, they're gonna hit for the cycle like eighteen times over. Throw a no, they might they'll do this again some point this year. They'll throw another no hitter and lose the game. I know it. It it is like um. Checks off a very important like square on the bingo card for just how many different ways like a really bad team can lose. It's but it's they had special. been playing good baseball, TC. That's the thing. They had won six out of eight. Uh, now dropped the last two to the Pirates, but uh, unfortunately, I I I really don't think they're going to be as bad as the first twenty five games would lead people to believe. Uh, but there's there's still a pretty bad baseball team. It seems like it'd be statistically impossible to keep up that level of futility for like an entire <laughs> yeah. season. It was the first today was the first game they had a pitcher pitch at least seven innings in a game this year. Yeah. They're they just 30, got their first quality start like two days ago. Thirty seven games into the year. That's incredible. We didn't talk about James Hahn. Yeah. Did you guys see that again today? What did he, he do? He lost his mind on a marshal today. And the, the week after the potato chip incident. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he chirps at a marshal or volunteer, uh, probably an unpaid volunteer, Randy, uh, or a, you a, know, paying a paying volunteer, paying yeah. volunteer, <laughs> and uh, you know, and then has to, you know, and then and then basically pro- proceeds to just flare one out. So that was tough. TC, you, t- you talked about live golf differentiating on uh, low concession prices. What if they? What if they paid volunteers too? Mm. Well, then then they wouldn't be volunteers. They would just be. That's labor. true. Mm. What if, what if they had employees working the golf tournaments? But then I feel like, you know, at that point, they probably, then they get into a whole legal quagmire, like the whole World Cup in Cotter this year, as far as like, it's like, you know, how much are you paying your labor and all that? Are you paying them fair market wages? Are you stuff. paying them? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They, yeah. Not good. Uh, Not good. My guy, Mark Cannizzaro mm-hmm. with the New York Post. Tough scene. That was That was one of the worst columns I've ever read. Like and not not necessarily because of like what it said. It's just like it, so many details wrong, and it was just totally nonsensical. Like I it, like it wasn't because I yeah I disagreed with it, but like I would have been fine disagreeing with it. It was just the way that it was written. It was, what for people that didn't see it, what was the thrust of it? It's basically, you know, it was just like in the bag of just getting all the details wrong of the entire process that's led to this point with the Saudi League and the PGA gotcha. Tour and. Nicholson and all that stuff. He's been a mouthpiece for Phil for the last several weeks, months, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, it was it was very New York posty. Um, major championship week. 
coming up, guys. Oh, we got a preview pod. We're recording tomorrow. It'll be out overnight Monday into, into Tuesday morning in all likelihood. Uh, be a video that goes along with it. And then we'll have live shows af- after play on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, we will not be in Tulsa. Uh, Ben's going to be out there for a little bit. but um, We're going back to St. Andrews. We're going to be in Scotland. <laughs> playing. Uh, probably not going to do that. That try to do that one again. Um, but yeah, it's I'm I'm super stoked. We're gonna I'm ready to dive into to Southern Hills and uh, we we survived the stretch from between the Masters and the PGA, which is turning into one of the tough stretches of the year. And this year has felt especially bad. I agree. I, men and men and women, the golf's about to get a lot better. So I, much more exciting times ahead. The Swing Vision cameras coming back on CBS. Swing Vision. Yeah, the, oh, the Konica Minolta. Con- I don't think it's ever, I don't think it's called the Konica Minolta mm. anymore, but it's coming back. Wait till your boy PK finds out about this. They got some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they got some 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 tech advances. I think that are uh, that are that are coming to this this week, which we'll detail a little bit in the preview as well. So, thank you everyone for tuning in. TC, Randy, thank you for being here on a Sunday evening. Uh, I'm gonna go get some wits on the way home <sighs> and uh, get dialed up for the week. It's gonna be a good one. May Day, man. But wits has a good flavor day. It's Buckeye today. So I'm with you. Mayday is better than Wits, but Buckeye flavor tonight. So. Okay. Enjoy it. I will. <laughs> Thanks Cheers, for boys. all you do for the game. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you back here Thank next you. Week. Thank you for everybody in Dallas. I appreciate you guys <laughs> so much. Excited to get to Fort Worth, my, my, my favorite side of the Plex, in a few weeks. Just had to get in one more. <laughs> Shout out to the commission. <laughs> Cheers. Good night. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!